Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome. My name is Keith, and I'm a recovering alcoholic. My co-leader here is Brad S. The topic we are sharing on is Tradition 10. Please turn off any electronic devices, and please do not record any of this session. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the message, this session is being recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front and sit next to us to use the microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence for all those still suffering or or unable to attend a meeting, followed by the serenity prayer. Serenity prayer. God, give me the wisdom to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. Again, this is on Tradition 10. And the specific topic is, are my opinions distracting? Um, we will share for, I don't know, five minutes, six minutes. It's probably not uh, too terribly important uh, to, to, to time this one because there are so few people here. Uh, we'll share for five or six minutes about how this topic applies in our lives. Then we'll open up the meeting for all of you to share. You will each have several minutes to share before um, time is called. And I think we can just do without a timer in this one. And Brad, you want to start? Sure. Sure. I'm Brad. I'm from Baltimore. I'm a sexaholic and uh, sober since January 10th, 2010. So, um, you know, my... My experience with traditions has sort of been that the traditions apply to groups just like the steps apply to individuals, just like the concepts apply to the fellowship. Um, but I, I learned something from uh, from Tom Kay, who is the, the, the chairman of the GDA not too long ago. He said that we can't look at any one of these uh, concepts or any of these principles in a vacuum. We really have to look at how all 36 of the principles apply to our, our total program, to our recovery, our path, our journey. Um, in the essay purpose, we say that essay is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, and neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Um, and that's fine for the, for the fellowship as a whole, and I think it's necessary for the fellowship as a whole, but we're individuals, we're, we're people, and I don't think we'd be alive if we didn't have an opinion. Um, you know, I, I have a very strong opinion that, um, that Southwest Airlines needs to supply peanuts on their flights because I can't eat pretzels. I have a dietary thing, but I can eat peanuts. And, and those people who are really, you know, allergic to peanuts shouldn't fly Southwest. Let them fly, I don't know, TWA or Pan Am or those other big guys, right? So, um, but that's my opinion. 
And, um, and, and despite the fact that I frequently consider my opinion the only one that's really matters, um, uh, nevertheless, it's not the one that should be controlling the way Southwest does their things. I, I recently had a, a conversation with one of my sponsees. Now, I, I've been involved with this young man for the better part of six years. I love him dearly. And, um, but, but he and I share a different faith tradition. And, um, and so, as does his, his wife. And we were talking about a particular aspect of, uh, of uh, our faith tradition with respect to his new son. And, um, and I discovered that, that I had an opinion about this event that's coming up that was different than his. And so, you know, I, I try very hard not to give any advice to my sponsees, but rather just to uh, share my own experience, strength, and hope. But in this particular case, it was very difficult not to let that spill over into the opinion that I had on this event. And um, and I could tell in the course of the conversation that that he and I were starting to diverge, that, that the, the benefit of this conversation was beginning to diminish because my opinion was sort of getting in the way. And it wasn't really helping his angst and his concern, the whole reason why he called me because of his um, difficulty in, in discussing this with his wife. And so um, then this was just a, a week or so ago after that I had my conversation with, with Wally about coming to this meeting. And I thought, oh, this is what Wally was talking about. My opinion was standing in the way of my ability to help my sponsee deal with something that was affecting his life. It wasn't all about me. It was about him. And so I had to surrender my opinion and to, to kind of take a step back and to, to re-listen to what he was trying to say to me and to listen to what uh, he was discussing and and try to hear the things that were bothering him. And so uh, I think it's very important that despite the fact that, that traditions and Tradition 10 happens to deal with our fellowship, because I really believe in the premise and the precepts of the Step 12, which says we practice these principles in all our affairs, I look to the steps and I look to the traditions and I look to the concepts as the 36 principles that govern everything that I do. And I try really hard to practice these principles in all of my affairs. So uh, that's my opinion. So uh, you guys can take it or leave it. <laughs> Keith? Thanks, Brad. I'm Keith, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. I apologize. I meant to do this in the beginning, but just so we're all on the same page, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew what Tradition 10 actually says. And that is, and I'll modify it for sexaholics, Sexaholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the essay name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And, and I wanted to read just a little bit from what Tradition 10 says, because um, I think it kind of puts into context what we're talking about. And this is... Um, from uh, Tradition 10. Let us emphasize that this reluctance to fight one another or anybody else is not counted as some special virtue which makes us feel superior to other people. Nor does it mean that the members of Sexaholics Anonymous, now restored as citizens of the world, are going to back away from their individual responsibilities to act as they see the right upon 
as they see the right-upon issues of our time. But when it comes to SA as a whole, that's quite a different matter. In this respect, we do not enter into public controversy because we know that our society will perish if it does. We conceive the survival and spread of Sexaholics Anonymous to be something of far greater importance than the weight we could collectively throw back at any other cause. Since recovery from sexaholism is life itself to us, it is imperative that we preserve in full strength our means of survival. And I, I think that's really, um, really telling to me about what, what this program should mean to me as an individual and as, and as a group, because the tradition as I understand it, uh, saves me for, not only from myself, but sells, saves the group from me as well. Um, as much as I suffer from low self-esteem about various things and self-hatred and self-loathing and, and all the things I tell myself that I'm not worthwhile about, um, I still have a huge ego. And my opinions uh, on major and minor issues are always right, which means that you're always wrong. And there's not much room in there for tolerance of other people. And I have a feeling that there's many of us that probably have that same sort of experience. And if we were to get together and allow uh, my opinions or your opinions or anybody else's opinions on the great social, moral, ethical, legal, political issue, religious issues of the day to get in the way of our program, it's going to affect our ability to carry out the, the message of Sexaholics Anonymous, and that is basically that we are to recover and, and we, and, and maintain our sobriety. And I think that anything that gets in the way of that, um, is, um, is anathema to the program and anathema to me. I, I cannot effectively, um, a sponsor or a sponsee, I can't, I don't think I can be a sponsee with a sponsor if I let my opinions get in the way of my recovery. Um, if, if somebody walks in, um, that back door with a certain hat with a logo on it that I find to be offensive, um, you know, I've got to give that up. I've got to surrender that and keep that out of my own, um, Opinions because I, I can't let that opinion form, formulate against that person. Same way, I don't want to wear a T-shirt or a hat that's going to express a particular political, religious, social, whatever point of view and have somebody else judge me on that. I mean, I mean the whole program is about not judging. And if, we're let, if we speak too loudly uh, with our political, with our opinions about various non-related issues, I think it gets in the way of, of recovery as a whole. Um, the other thing is, and I'll speak to this personally, you know, if, I, if somebody comes in um, and starts talking about their opinions and, and that aren't related to the program, and I'm judging them and I'm disagreeing with them, then I become restless, irritable, and discontent. And I build up resentments. And we all know what resentments do uh, to us in our recovery. Um, so that's just another thing that, that for me is important to keep my mouth shut, to keep an open mind about everybody, and to not judge them. Uh, hopefully they're not, and I, like I'm not trying not to, is to to uh, force or to bring in outside opinions that have no business in our meeting. 
Um, you know, the, the part that I read here um, says that um, we have reengaged with the world um, and we, we, we're trying to, to, to be real with people and engage in the real world and not in the fantasy world of sex that we, sometimes I do as a sexaholic. But that's a different matter. That's something that's, that I can still be a part of the real world and still have those opinions and express those opinions, but I should keep them out of the program because it can lead to uh, greater dissension, dissension and throw us off track. I've had several people um, since I've been in these rooms um, that know that I'm, I'm a sexaholic and know that I go to a 12-step program and say, well, why don't you all get involved in anti-pornography campaign or, you know, an anti-prostitution campaign or, you know, anti-whatever it is. And, you know, when I was a newcomer and, and I, you know, I started hearing that, I thought, well, you know, that makes some sense. This is, you know, what what better group are there to be? You know, mothers against drunk drivers. You know, we could be sex addicts against uh, strip clubs. Um but just think about all the permutations that could take and all the the different ways and avenues that we could get involved in that, and that would, could fracture and splinter this group and take it away from its primary goal, which is to make us happy, joyous, and free, keep us sober, and help us recover from our sexaholism. Um, I guess the, the, the key concept here that I, I've heard over and over again is that we should not distract ourselves from our mission as Sexaholics Anonymous. And again, as I've said, that mission is is for sobriety and to make us happy, joyous, and free. And anything that distracts us from that is something that we should avoid at all costs. Um, and I, thanks for letting me share. So... You now have the opportunity to share with this group. Um, please focus on the top of the topic of the meeting, the, the tenth step. Um, I mean, so the tenth traditions. And like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to this topic, avoiding explicit description or distracting comments, and focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up to our uh, left, you're right, so we don't have to wait for each person to come up. And please speak loud enough for all to hear. And I'm going to put the microphone right here on the side. And, and like we said earlier, please don't touch the microphone. Um, and uh, take a few minutes to share your thoughts on this uh, on this topic. Hi, everyone. I'm Jay, sexaholic. Um, I really like this topic and I like the really relate to the shares. Um, this whole idea of opinion uh, for me not only protects SA, but it protects me from myself. Because the problem with my opinions is that they are tied to my character defects. And so when I give vent to my opinions, it is usually an attempt to demonstrate some defect, superiority, being right, uh, resentful, being resentful, whatever it is. And so um, the meeting creates for me a safe place. Um, For years, I um, thought my opinions were not a problem. And um, 
then I realized that a lot of my opinions were critical of defects in other people that were really defects in me. Um, and that the, the poison of my opinion uh, was affecting me. And so I really appreciate that essay creates this safe place where um, I don't have to be subject to my own poison of my own opinions, um, and I don't have to um, hear those of others that might trigger me. So um, I'm just really grateful that, um, and in terms of the, this crusade thing, um, you know, people are perfectly free to do whatever they want to outside of essay. I mean, they can start movements, and, but not within, not within essay. And um, I'm really thankful for the wisdom down the years of the program that have instituted this because it protects not just SA, but me from myself. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dwayne um, Yeah, I came to this session because it's the one that appeared the hardest for me. Um, and I, one of my disciplines in, in recovery is in our, in our home meeting, we discuss uh, one of the traditions uh, per month. So we cover each tradition uh, once a year. And um, yeah, this tradition, uh, or the topic, um, I, I appreciate the topic. I, at first I didn't see how it fit with the tradition, but I'm kind of getting a little bit of uh, light on that matter. Um, yeah, uh, uh, in my home, in, in my part of the immediate area where we live, where the meetings I go to, um, politically were probably pretty homogeneous. Um, but nevertheless, we, we take pains not to, no, not take pains. We, we try not to bring up outside issues, uh, especially of a, of a political nature. Um, we'd probably largely agree, but there might be one in the group that doesn't. Um, in our inner group, <laughs> there's a wide diversity of, of uh, political views. And uh, one of the reasons the inner group thrives is because we don't go there. No one goes there. And if, if they did, it would just raise the antennas of everybody else and it would just, it would just be, be, quel be quelched, uh, because we can't, it would just be, it would be toxic for the, for the, the group. Um, with my sponsees, um, I try to stay out of opinions. Uh, my sponsors help me see that all I have to share with my only thing I have with, that I can share that's a benefit to my sponsees is my experience, strength, and hope. Uh, my opinions don't uh, don't contribute, and um, so that's that's just a helpful principle for me, just to focus on the step or wherever whatever the issue is we're talking about and 
all I have is what I have in my experience. Um, I was, um, I'm a, I'm a newbie to the, to the general delegate assembly. And, um, at one point we were, everyone was going around, we were going around, everyone had a chance to express. And, um, I, I expressed a concern, uh, but it was really an opinion. And, and I realized that I could have just as well asked a question, uh, as an opinion. I could have converted the opinion into a question. So that's just learning for me um, to, before expressing opinion, maybe I can ask a question, uh, not a not a loaded question, but just a a question uh, to to avoid. Uh, it's better to stay away altogether. But when it, when it's a when it's a, a setting where there's opportunity, uh, rather than expressing opinion, just ask a question, and that that might. That's just a, something um, new for me to think about if that would be appropriate or not. I don't have a, any more to say about that. Um, so uh, I'm very grateful for, uh, always grateful to my our forefathers who hammered out these traditions. Uh, in all these traditions, they, those are the guys uh, learned by trial and error, made some mistakes, and had to really go through a, Part, a difficult time of of ironing these out because they weren't ratified for a while after AA started. So uh, I'm very grateful um, for this conference for uh, focusing on the traditions and um, they're like like Brad said they're they're important for our for our our health as a as a as, as a group and as a society. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Luke. I'm a sexaholic from Nebraska. Um, I was just going to share something because it tied in with something that each of you said. Um, I appreciated what you said about um, practicing, like applying the traditions not um, just to the group, which is primarily what they're for, but uh, in our own lives as well. And then um, what you brought up about um, us not being a prohibition group necessarily, that we don't uh, necessarily say that um, we're going to you know, start a campaign to ban all porn or something. And that's helpful to me when, um, like, I have friends who might, you know, joke about, you know, some porn that they saw or, you know, they joke about masturbation or something, and I don't have to project my sexaholism onto them. I don't have to say, well, you know, because I'm powerless over that and I have to absolutely be completely off of that and surrender that. Well, that doesn't mean that I have to say that every human being on the face of this planet has to be that way. Um, because the, the program doesn't tell me that. The program just tells me to focus on my powerlessness and, and working on it for myself. So that's how, how this tradition helps me in my day-to-day life. And that was it. Thanks. Hi, I'm Rock, uh, recovering sex addict from Milwaukee. Um, our uh, our group was severely tested um, when um, leadership decided to uh, 
emphasize and put out there the uh, sobriety definition, and you know that uh, that was decided about uh, three years ago, something like that, and it just really uh, uh, there's still a, a, an underlying difficulty that came from that. Uh, we read the new sobriety definition every meeting and the, the one group I go to. And um, it's hard to determine whether that was, for some, I mean, there's back and forth about whether that was bringing in outside opinions, just just as a matter of fact. I'm just trying to state some facts there. Um, as best I can. Um, I think we're, we're able to function pretty much better now. And I, th- and I think everybody gets the picture of, of saying this is about our personal sobriety and about making sure that we work on that, each person, and then take that message to others. So we've done stuff like put a an ad uh, that said it was very simple, um, problems with sex, question mark, um, sa.org or whatever, and then our phone number for our phone line. So that was a, a good outreach for a little bit. But I wanted to say something, too, about the uh, the other part about uh, beginning causes or beginning um, crusades or whatever, um, it it really it provokes the heroic in me, the conqueror, the one who wants to do battle with others. That that part of me that wants to divide and conquer, you know, and to name. Uh, uh, pornographers as the enemy that we're supposed to conquer or this group as the enemy we're supposed to conquer. And that's, that's a bad space for me. That's, uh, one of my character defects. It does two things. One is it inflates my, uh, by, by, by taking up a crusade like that. I feel more important and less humble. I feel more uh, invigorated and less balanced. I feel more, um, angry and, and less sober. And, 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 um, I'm coming to see how that's a very difficult position for me to be in. The, the other thing it does is I'm, I'm not the type to go, I'm, I'm the type to want to do a crusade, but I'm not the type to want to, do it by myself. So what it does is it leads me to find what, what a writer called my ideologically compatible group. So I can name others as enemies and fight them and find support within people with whom I think alike. Does that make sense? And, and, um, that's also a bad position for me because as as I'm seeing faults in others, I'm coming to realize slowly that I'm seeing my own stuff that I um, not only dislike but loathe within me. And I point to others 
that I can see that in and take it out on them rather than surrendering my um, many defects of character. And I think that's what somewhat played out with our, our, our uh, it was a divisive conversation about the, um, it was more like debates about the sobriety definition. And um, I think generally we've come to a place, and I've come to a place where our work is to, my work is to get sober. And then to try to recognize when my opinions are coming out of a, a place that isn't sober and to hand that over and to be honest about that and to say, you know, this is coming out of, of a bad place in me, so please take it with a ton of salt, something like that. So thank you. Rock, I'd like to offer a point of clarification. What was discussed three years ago was the statement of principle. The sobriety definition has not changed since it was created by Roy K. Right. So a statement of principle. That's what we're reading today. And can I just ask, because it seemed to me that it was about its inclusion of the statement and the, the beginning uh, formats, which we, we didn't have. After the Cleveland clarification in 1999, the statement of principle is just um, making it even a little more clear. But that's what was voted on three years ago, right. which was the statement of principle. Right, and yeah. that's what our... our exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Claude. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, sober since July 28, 2016 from the uh, Chicago area. And uh, my take on this... Uh, meeting topic about are my opinions distracting was a projection of my own experience and I thought of are my opinions distracting in the context of meetings and yes they can be because I can be argumentative in support of my uh, opinions and this is a result of my character defects perhaps uh, it's one that I've started to think of as grandiosity the notion that I know so very much that everyone else should accept what I say about how the meeting should handle certain issues. And so I get to say my bit, as every member gets to say their bit in a meeting. But if someone else comes up with something that's kind of in opposition to what I said, I want to rebut, I want to argue, and I've learned I have to refrain from that. I also appreciated the earlier comments about and it's a good reminder for me to practice these principles in all my affairs, in particular between my wife and myself. Uh, in the terms of politics, my wife and I are at opposite ends of the spectrum, so it's more or less by agreement that we don't talk about politics in my house. I've started to uh, pray in my Step 7 prayers to... Um, Ask my higher power to help me avoid making uh, disparaging or disrespectful or mocking or sarcastic remarks about my political beliefs because I have a habit of doing that. I have done it in the past and it's caused problems. So uh, there's an instance where my opinions were very distracting at home. And 
Yeah, I'm grateful to be here, and thanks for leading. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Hi, I'm Kirsten. I'm a sexaholic. I've been sober since July 7th, 2015. Um, I have a lot of opinions about how other people should run their lives, and um, these are actually outside issues. Um, I like to think of this tradition as helping me to deal with other people, even just personally, although I know they're written for the group as a whole, but, um, and this comes up all the time. Like today I told someone that she should eat like right now and she should drop whatever she was doing because it was more important that she eat. Cause I clearly knew exactly what she needed to do in her life. And, um, I'm grateful for this tradition because it reminds me that I'm not God. I have a habit of thinking that I am or acting as if I am, even if I don't intellectually believe that I am. And um, my opinions about other people are distracting in my head because they keep me from actually being present and being of service. Um, they keep me from thinking about how I can actually help other people and see them as people instead of things that I can move around and arrange and control. And like, why didn't you do that? Don't you know that this is better? Um, and I also re- relate to the previous share about being combative. I was arguing with someone about whether or not this city was on the ocean or the coast of a strait earlier today. And it was just like, I'm creating this conflict and this rift between us and it doesn't matter. Like, I don't have to be right. Um, I really don't need to interject my opinion all the time. It's most of the time what I have to say is really not that important. Um, and I don't mean that to be disparaging, but that in my addiction, my, my head, my addict just continually goes on and on and on about all these judgments towards other people. And I am still trying to come to, I'm still continuing to realize how wrong I am most of the time. Thanks. I'm John. I'm a sexaholic. Um, Couldn't let this meeting pass without stating my opinion. I, I read the question, and that's why I'm here. Um, I'm very opinionated. Um, I've always been very interested in politics. But, you know, at, at one time in my life, I was way on one side, and now at this point in my life, I'm way on the other side. One of me must have been wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I realize when, I'm, when I state the correct opinion, I'm telling everybody how smart I am. And, well, if I'm that smart, what am I doing in this program? Because um, what... Um, what concerns me about uh, the topic is, is talking politics during a meeting. Um, I go to two meetings a week, and we have two fellowships. One fellowship, I, I, I think they, they pretty, pa- pretty much passed around the idea, no politics, we don't talk politics. Um, and the other one, we um, people do bring up political issues, um, you know, have, and, and, and I don't like, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with that because, the louder people will get their opinions heard and the not as loud people will not say anything and suck it in. And it's, it's not good for fellowship. 
Um, and, and I didn't learn this from anybody but a group member. Politics are divisive um, in the context of a, of a meeting or fellowship because the fellowship is part of the meeting. Um, I also want to add, just from my own experience, uh, I have a friend with a, he had an eight-year-old son, and he would, everything the eight-year-old son would hear, he would say, that's not true. And the father had to tell him, look, you can't keep saying that. You don't know that. You're just saying that automatically. That's not true. And to my horror, I realized that that's what I think whenever anybody tells me something. <laughs> it's not true until I've determined that it's true. And, and so I want to make sure that my opinions uh, are not adversely affecting our meetings. Thank you. Hi, my name is Roger, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, one issue uh, of discord that I go to meetings, I'm a Florida resident, but I also live in Pennsylvania some of the year, and they have different traditions in the areas. Um, my Florida meeting, the origin of it was such that uh, there were um, it was started by people from another S group and a Christian fellowship. And um, they want to have certain prayers at the end that I feel uncomfortable with and other people of my faith feel uncomfortable with. They're not part of our religious uh, belief. So we had a group uh, discussion about, a group um, conscience about it, and uh, we, we changed it so that uh, we would use either the Serenity Third, Seventh, Eleventh Step, or the Lord's Prayer to accommodate those people. And, um, and somebody else, I was away for a couple of months, and that format kind of got misplaced, and it went back to the old format. It made me feel very uncomfortable. You know, I don't have to say something. I don't have to say, but I, um, and I heard an earlier speaker talk about this, the same issue. She said, you know, how, how important it is to be respectful of other people's faith or lack of faith for that matter. Um, I go to a meeting in Pennsylvania where it used to be a really a good meeting. In fact, that people respected all the rules. And now I, I go to other meetings because in large part people start, or not in large part, people have often mentioned specific pieces of literature, biblical, and they've attributed it. And I remember one time I said something because there were three different references in one meeting with, with, a, with a, a reference to something that was an AA or SA. It made me feel very uncomfortable. And I don't mind somebody repeating something that they hear, whatever. But the attribution isn't necessary. If, if I hear that, you know, this is the wisest thing in the world, you have to say it. You don't need to give it attribution to make it more powerful or holy or whatever the case. Um, so that's my opinion. I get real opinionated about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it really, and I think a lot of people, it doesn't bother. And yet... Um, as you probably noticed, I got a little bit visceral about that because it really kind of bothers me. And, and, but I'm glad the reason I'm here at this particular meeting is I just wanted to talk about it and hear how you guys 
address these type of things. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Ken Sexaholic from uh, Hackensack, New Jersey. Okay. Grateful for uh, the opportunity to hear about the traditions. And um, I've been working through the traditions with my wife uh, as a couple. And it took me uh, some time to go through the steps. And, and part of this tradition that's really important to me is this whole idea of avoiding controversy. As a uh, sexaholic, I cannot handle controversy. My, my opinions and my actions and my thoughts, as smart as I think I may be or feel like I may be, have brought me here. Uh, and, and so I've got to have limits. I've got to learn how to live within those limits. And uh, some people may be able to have controversy. For me, uh, this program is about more staying in the middle and uh, recognizing what outside issues are. Uh, so, so learning how to, to be able to set boundaries, and both within meetings and outside of meetings, bring, bringing the steps into my life. If I just do the steps in my meetings, it's not really going to help me on my road to recovery. I need to find ways of bringing the steps into my everyday life. Uh, same thing with the traditions. The traditions, are, are to me, are... Um, in my experience, are not just for the meetings, but they're for my everyday life, and, and I have to be able to uh, uh, honestly work with and uh, recognize when I'm approaching areas of controversy uh, what part I might be playing in that, and I need to step back. And um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to uh, hear more. Thank you. Ken Sexaholic. Thanks, Ken. I have time for one or two more shares if anybody wants to. Hi, I'm Rock, recovering sex addict. Um, um, my experience um, of dealing with different opinions uh, is that they feel like an encroachment. And part of what um, I grew up with was... Uh, grandmother and parents who encroached. And um, I didn't grow up pushing back. I, I kind of came into that as I, as I got older. And um, what I, I so, so, so there's a, a Some would say the best offense is a good defense, and others would say the best defense is a good offense. And um, I can get offensive when I'm afraid. When I'm afraid of losing whatever turf I, I have or I believe I have or I'm under the illusion I have. And 
that's one of the things that is a powerful uh, uh, character defect that I'm learning more about and that as best I can surrender that. But boy, that's a, a tough thing. And so um, what the, just to say what the 24-hour news cycle does, for me anyway, it's an attraction and aversion. Um, I want to know what's going on, but I know it's not good for me. And it provokes, but no, no, it elicits from me uh, responses of fear that goes to resentment, that goes to aggression. And I, 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 um, at least what this tradition helps me remember is that a lot of the way I look at the world is based on that, is based on not wanting to lose, period. And, um, whether that's from sports or whatever else, uh, to be a loser is the worst thing in one sense, especially for us guys. So it's, it's a whole other thing to lean into, uh, folks with different views on things. And there's not just two, there's many. And to say, um, help me understand why this is important to you. That's what I am, am trying to, uh, lead with, or at least as a second lead. First one is, oh yeah. <laughs> And say, okay, let me, help me understand why that's important. Um, that's not appropriate for meetings, but I think maybe at the socials or something, uh, the social time before or after, but yeah. So boy, lots of weakness, lots of character defects. So I'll pass. Thanks. Anything you have heard in this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand and say the uh, third step prayer.
I said at the end of the meeting, I said, let's have a good conscience today. Was there ever something in our tradition where they said, it's elected the National Conference of Regionals. We always stand in I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.